0: I thank the Lord for keeping Brooklyn straight all right? and among them yours truly I appreciate your kind words uh, I have three grandchildren two of them are girls the boy is married has a job a wife but the girls uh, they are still in, in the making, so to speak. So Grandpa is concerned, you know. Um, and these girls purchased two dogs. But not those tiny laptops, you know, tiny something that you can put in your pocket. Biggies. And then they left it with Grandpa. So I had to feed them clean, buy dog food, which is, I mean, they eat like lions, you know. So. Now, why do I say this? Because the title of my sermon is Jezebel will be eaten by dogs. Or abbreviated Jezebel as dog food. Now I won't be able to finish this sermon, it's it's too big a topic so you have to give me another chance sometimes in the future. But uh, let's consider some of those famous queens like Jezebel and her daughter and granddaughter and great, 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 great granddaughters who are still with us? Uh, Let's turn to 1st King and consider the story. Now, just a little historical background. Israel was going downhill into apostasy. Problem, uh, followed problems, Zimri, Committed suicide, burned down the castle or the palace uh, himself inside. Then Omri became king. Omri was the father of Ahab. And the scripture says about Jezebel's husband that no other king has done as much evil as her husband. No other king before. And to top it off, he married Jezebel. The scripture, I'm still quoting the scripture. The scripture says that of all the problems, you know, he goes over and marries a girl. It's almost like Samson, not quite, but Samson made a mess because of choosing the wrong ladies and so did Ahab so the nation was going downhill for three and a half years no rain, no dew and finally Elijah meets the king and we just read the scripture reading you heard the scripture reading But this prophet who had been persecuted, hiding and everything, finally tells the king, invite Israel, invite all the priests, 480, and the Israel to Mount Carmel, the place of decision-making. The place of decision-making. Because you remember what was his question? If Baal is God, follow him. If the Lord is God, follow him, and they answered him, no, and they gave no answer. what a pity they gave no answer, but this was the time, and I like to call special attention to Elijah's prayer. In my humble opinion, that preceded the miracle. You know, the miracle, fire coming down, consuming the sacrifice, consuming the water, consuming the stones, consuming everything. It was not the greatest miracle. However great it was, I'm not denying, for me, the prayer of Elijah was the greatest miracle. Let's read it again, okay? Turn with me to First King chapter eighteen. And uh, Verse thirty six and onward. First King eighteen 36 and onward. And it came to pass, as the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that. You are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Now, let's stop for a moment. We know what follows. But let's stop for a moment. There are 850 false prophets on the one side. Elijah alone one prophet. And the question or rather the decision making question was made, how long do you hold between two opinion? If the Lord is God, follow him, if Baal follow him. And they answered none, you remember. I'm just refreshing your memory. You know the story, but it needs to be refreshed. And what is his emphasis? I have said what you told me. I have done what you told me. Now, Lord, would you kindly do what you told me. And fire came down, consumed the sacrifice, consumed the water, consumed the stone, consumed everything. And the testimony from the listeners came. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. Now, brethren, those 850 prophets immediately should have changed sides. And step over to Elijah's side. Is that correct? Was there enough evidence convicting rational mind? No, it's just like when uh, several centuries earlier the animal marched into the ark. It was a m- supernatural miracle. Clean and unclean, lions, elephants, giraffes, and all creatures. And after they were seen once more, no ass people come in, and no one came in. Brethren, I am simply saying what we have to learn. First of all, that the number one evidence. The number one evidence is, thus says the Lord. Correct? The fire came down before Elijah said, I do this because what the Lord asked me to do. So the evidence was there. The 850 prophets should have changed. All day they were praying, and no answer came to their prayer. Is it correct? Elijah prayed once, but they didn't. And Elijah says, "Get them; let none escape." And he killed them. Correct? Were the people? I don't think he killed eight hundred fifty. I don't know who did the execution. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They were ripe for death. Ah. But when you read the next chapter, let's turn to chapter 19 with me, okay? Same book, 1st King, chapter 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword he said not only the execution if we read it carefully he said all what Elijah said I mean Ahab reported the words of Elijah I mean the words of God To Jezebel. Now, listen to verse number two. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. In plain English, in 24 hours, I will take off your head. Did Jezebel have enough evidence regarding who is a true God and who is a false God? Ah, she heard it. 850 prophets prayed all day. Nothing happened. Elijah prayed once, but in harmony with the words of the Lord. Correct, brethren? Let's never forget that. In harmony with the words of God. And the supernatural miracle happened. So, was Jezebel ripe for death? Sure, the prophecy came that the dogs will eat Jezebel. Now it took many years before it happened, but the prophecy foretold that she will be dog food. Now I like to emphasize that Jezebel had descendants who continued in her style of resisting light. And they are still with us. But let's go to another queen. Not so much queen, but let's go to the king of Herod. Let me read uh, Mark 6, verse 20. Mark 6. Verse 20. Mark 6 verse 20. For Herod feared John the Baptist, knowing that he was a just and a holy man, that he protected him, and when he heard him, he did many things and he heard him gladly. The king had a conviction. A good conviction. Brethren, how to stay with a good conviction is an issue today. It's an issue for me. I'm struggling at times. Maybe you are much, much better than I am. Let's not compare one another. We are all struggling, but I'm simply saying the issue is not so much how much truth do you know, but how much do you carry out? Stay with the conviction. Don't lose your conviction. Going into apostasy is a very serious matter. And we are told that It will be characteristics of the last days. You know, I, I, I wish many of the church members that I knew when I was here 40 years ago were still here. I really wish. So, the scripture says that King Herod had a conviction, a good conviction. He protected John the Baptist. Herodians tried to execute him. She hated John the Baptist with a passion. But Herod did not allow her to carry out her wishes. Finally, a husband who dares to oppose his wife doesn't happen too often. This was a right matter, I mean, a right decision. But anyhow, but he wasn't careful enough. Birthday party came, you remember. Oh, those parties. I, I, I said this to Ron, I have said to others, I love social life. Yes, I am a widower. Uh, my wife died four, five years ago. I said this publicly and I say it again. Don't hold it against me. I have no intention intention to remarry. I feel... uh, uh, Let me not explain, all right? I don't have to explain. No, thank you. Thank you, appreciate it. I don't plan to remarry, but I don't live a life of seclusion. You follow me? I socialize. When they invite me to a good dinner, I accept it. And when they invite me again, I accept it again. (laughs) This is not asking for an open invitation. I'm just telling you, I, I enjoy life. Also, I miss my wife. And I don't. I don't think there is another woman on the face of the earth to re- replace Susan. But uh, uh, that's my private opinion. And at eighty-seven, you have to allow for a widower to have a private opinion, esteeming his former wife way up there. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. Amen. <clears throat> so Herod was. Opposing Herodias. But came the birthday party. Much eating. Drinking. And not only apple ciders. I think. They probably drank wine. And beyond the vines, As the scripture says. Some strong drinks. So. The mood went up. How to entertain the guest? Herodias, the wife, sent in her teenage daughter to dance. And she did not wear an Amish garment. Okay? In those times... Uh, let me not go into details. There were hardly anything on, but there was something on, but not in the Amish fashion. Okay, <clears throat> and the Scripture says King Herod liked her. Uh, he was under the influence. He was under many bad influences. It was more than those platonic loves. Are we together yet? And he says, okay, ask anything, anything, I give it to you, even the half of my kingdom. If I received an offer like that, I should pay for all my debts. <laughs> She didn't know what to ask. And she made the fatal mistake of asking her mom. Now, you remember Queen Esther was offered from Ahasuerus. Esther, ask anything and I give it to you. Uh, Solomon in a dream, the Lord says, ask anything, I give it to you. And people have asked for the right thing, but this girl did not know what to ask for. Ask her mother. And here was an opportunity that the mother says, Now I get even with John. She says, give me his head on a plate. Now, the scripture says that when the king heard it, he became very sorrowful. Now, you read Desire of Ages. You have to read Desire of Ages because you will get some details that nowhere else you can get, and details that you can trust. Are you with me? Now, say amen, brethren. I need some amens here that I'm still on track. Mrs. White says, if anybody among the prominent guests, anybody, spake up in defense of John, the king would not have executed him. Are you listening? Nobody spoke up. So the spirit of prophecy says they were as guilty as the king himself. There is a time to be silent and there is a time to speak up and to remain silent in those times is a criminal negligence. But you read it in Desire of Ages, they were a little bit under the influence not the vegetarian meal. Not the alcohol-free beer. I told you I used to buy alcohol-free beer for a church member because the wife was panicky because her husband demanded beer, 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 and she said, "Pastor, can you help me?" I said, "I will." I knew where to get beer. Free of alcohol. From that day on to his death, we purchased him alcohol free alcohol free beer. He never knew that the change has taken place. But it was for his blessing. So <clears throat> Herodias Executed the greatest prophet whom the Lord sent to prepare the way before Jesus. I'd like to share one or two more examples. Remember, I started a little bit after 12, brethren, so don't hold it to wrong, okay? You would say, okay, that's a Jewish problem. Baal worship, a Jewish problem. Well, away from the Jews, 2,000 years away. No, Pastor, no, I'm saying now it is not a Jewish problem. It's unfortunately a Christian problem too. Turn with me to the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, you know, there are seven churches, messages to the seven churches. Definitely a Christian area. Uh, Revelation 2.14. Revelation 2.14. This is a message to the church of Pergamos, a Christian church. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Now I don't want to go into the story. You know the story how many people were killed because of that. But the enemy was successful. Okay, let's go to the next church. Still in chapter 2. And now read verse 20. Chapter 2. This is to the message of Thyatira. Revelation 2 verse 20. Nevertheless I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and beguile my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Now brethren, if you read the last chapters in Revelation, it definitely spells it out who will not be able to enter in the gates. You follow me? I'm just quoting it. Adulterers and idol worshipers will not enter the new Jerusalem. It's it's not my verdict, brethren. I am just sharing the word like Elijah did. Not as effectively, but try to do it as loyally. You follow me? Idol worshippers and adulterers just will not enter in. Period. Now let me take an example from secular history. <clears throat> Two examples, and then I finish. You. <clears throat> Henry VIII was a very famous king in England. But he had his ups and downs, ups and downs, wives that didn't give him sons, wives that didn't please him. Uh, he asked the Pope to annul his marriage and the Pope says No. I was sitting in a ministerial meeting in Cleveland among Hungarian pastors, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Baptists, Adventists, and uh, there was a Roman Catholic priest too. And we just, as colleagues, discussed history. And this was a Roman Catholic priest. He says, oh if the Pope had been a little bit more elastic, England would be still Roman Catholic. Why didn't he grant a divorce to Henry VIII and there would be no problem? We would rule England. He didn't. Henry VIII had a daughter who called Mary Stuart. History calls her Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Books have been written. I have the book at home. Uh, I didn't bring it. You just take my word. and You can dig it in the internet. Bloody Mary intended to restore Roman Catholicism in England. And do you know what was the one test? One test. If you said, I accept it, you are free. If you said, I don't accept it, you were burned. And this started with the bishops and archbishop Protestants. You know what was the one test question? Do you accept the transubstantiation, the changing of the bread and wine into the real body of Christ? You know that's a cardinal teaching of the Roman Catholic Church, and there were faithful Protestant bishops and archbishops. Says no, we cannot accept it. This is still the Protestant position. I attended funeral service in the Hungarian Roman Catholic Church. A friend of ours was buried there. And they served communion. I told my church members be courteous, be kind, but you cannot take communion in that church. Because taking communion means you endorse the transubstantiation which we cannot. Ah. One more story. One and a half story, right? This is from Finland, Helsinki, Finland. Ravi Sönnen, a congressional lady. She is a medical doctor, not a PhD, not a doctor of ministry, MD, Medical doctor. For years, she practiced medicine. Very successful physician, but decided to run in politics and became a representative and 15, 20 years now in the Congress representing a district. And she wrote in some of her Instagram. That I believe that marriage should be limited between one man and one husband. Now, the official state religion in Finland is Lutheranism. Protestant. Lutherans. But there are many bishops. And many congregations who accepted the proposal that we acknowledge marriage between the same gender. She opposed it. She says no. And now they are bringing her to court. And it's possible that she might even be imprisoned imprisoned. All Europe is watching. I have the paper here. Uh, I have it in Hungarian. doesn't help you. Uh, I have some from uh, Amazing Facts, too. You can Google it. The point is the entire Europe is watching if this will happen That a Lutheran representative in their Congress will be imprisoned because she maintains that marriage should be limited between husbands and wife, I mean men and women. Uh, I don't know what will be the outcome. Maybe when I bring my next sermon, I will have the verdict. Unless you postpone my sermon, you know, to 2025. <laughs> in closing, <coughs> you remember Vatican II? Fresh air let in the church. The church is renewed. The church is not the church during the middle ages we adopted to modern trend and a reporter came to a cardinal sitting there and the cardinal just smiled and says sir we have not removed one word from the decision we have made at Trident. Now, that was a council right after the uh, Reformation. The church council, the longest in the history of church, lasted for 18 years. And you can Google it and you will see that all the Protestant teachings are attached with a curse. Cursed is a man who believes this. Cursed is a man who denies this. Cursed is a man who denies Trump's substantiation, and so on and so on. So the cardinal smiled smile, and says, yes, we have changed many things, but don't kid yourself. We have not changed. Everything that the council decided in trident still stands not one word removed so brethren I'm simply saying we must know history we must know history church history secular history private history to know what to do and what not to do. Thank you again. <clears throat> I know I have to finish. Hey, it's a fascinating story to finish the prophecy of Elijah 20, 25 years later. Fascinating story. I will come back if you give me a chance and I'll finish the story. Until then, be patient, okay? Amen. Thank you again.